From the Pentagon, sir. We just decoded it. Oh, good. Here, help me with this. My eyes are ceramic. A bazooka round, a little big one. Oh, where's it, Okinawa? The one without the Indians. Butler, sir. Butler. Queen's own butler. How did you get here? Become quite a belly Yankee, sir. Rode behind you at Hanover, and rather fancied I'd see a bit of sport with you out west. Well, I hope you do. Do you know that you've haunted me ever since that time I met you at Monroe? Haunted, sir? Yes. I've cursed you regularly. Every time I tried to think of that confounded song. What was the name of it? Oh, uh, Gary Owen. Gary Owen. Come along here. Play it for us. Excuse me, gentlemen. This is an important song. Oh, we can dare and we can do. United men and brothers true. The gallant footsteps to pursue. And change our country's story. Our hearts so stout have got us fame. For soon tis known from whence we came. Wherever we go, they dread the name of Gary Owen in glory. Uh, Yankee Doodle floppy disk. This is Foxtrot Zulu Milkshake. Checking in 700 feet. Request permission to land. Roger that, Foxtrot Zulu Milkshake. You are clear to land. What do you think about finding love on a military ship at Christmas? We well, can help you with anything you need. It's the pilot that got the name Grinch. Not a fan of Christmas. Overrated. Look at all this old stuff. What's the journal say? There's a man and a woman who met on the very first Christmas cruise in 1965. If I can find a couple with a love story for the ages, I think it would make a really compelling article. It's an incredible story. And what about your own story? USS Christmas, part of Miracles of Christmas on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken pot pie. For the last time ever, I am here, the Dr. Rabbi Colonel Dave, on the final episode of Do Not Resuscitate. And I, I am the Right Reverend Rodbo, Friar Cook, and Laird of Oakdale. Yeah, you're going to crack up every time I say that. Yes, for the last time, 2020, see you in the trash can. <clears throat> Man, people hate this year, don't they? They do. They hate this year. Well, come on, Dave. Quote, it's the worst year ever, end quote. Oh, it is not. It's not even close to the worst year. Good Lord, people. <laughs> well, that's people. why I put it in quotes. Right. Five, what was it, 532 or something like that? Yeah. AD. I mean, there have been worse years. I mean, for God's sakes, in 1918, there was a world war going on with the pandemic. So, yeah. I mean, we don't even, the last day. Of World War I, November 11th, 1918. The 11th day of the 11th month. Everybody knew the 11th hour was coming, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this insane American general who's mad about this. <laughs> I'm not right. making this up. This is truth. I'm not ma- he's mad about the fact that... He's mad about the fact that Dave said he didn't have a historical rabbit hole of the week, and then we're 10 minutes into the sh- two minutes into the show, and I'm already doing it. <laughs> he's mad about the fact that the war is going to end and he has not been covered in glory yet ah legacy and so at like 10 30 10 45 ish he orders his men to make a frontal assault on an entrenched german position in a city the germans wow not making this up are literally standing up saying don't. What are you doing? Don't. <laughs> They're pointing that, that. What? No. Yeah. What? Not 11 a.m. yet. Oh, 3,000 Americans die in this assault. 
But this is the worst year ever. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you just got to kind of go, yeah, it's really not, but... Well, that guy sure made a name for himself, didn't he? Really? Because you know his name? No, but if I had access to his grave, I might urinate on it. I know his name, but (laughs) only because this is going on. I mean... Let's face it, folks. I mean, there have been some bad things this year. I mean, obviously, we've had the yeah. pandemic, the economic shutdown, the the election issues, the the Hallmark movies. But oh. but I mean, there have been some good things. The Dodgers won the World Series. Yeah, I got coal for Christmas. Yes, you did. And we have been warned by Facebook. I'm not making this up. That is we the funniest thing. have been warned by Facebook. Officially reprimanded, I guess. This is one of my favorite episodes of news radio when he, when he has to go around and give people their official reprimands. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm giving you your official reprimand. Been reprimanded. <laughs> so apparently, and I don't know who you are, but I'm going to find out. Somebody, somebody ratted us out, Rod. They did. Well, they must have, right? I mean, I didn't call up Facebook and I, go, hey, we're... I don't know. Some algorithm, maybe? I don't know. Mm. See, that's just too easy. It's too easy to blame the algorithm and say, oh, it's the algorithm's fault that we got officially reprimanded. I'd rather blame somebody. Sure. One of our listeners, probably in Virginia Beach, turned us in (laughs) because we share information about posts. We post about COVID-19. That's the entirety of the warning, by the way. This This page, this show... Talks about COVID nineteen. Yeah. If you want real information, please click on our link here below, and ta-da, you'll get real information from them. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? Well, so I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out what we've done. That's well, the only thing we've done, we've been critical of the government's response and how everyone's handled it. Right. You know. That and you've said yourself that if if this really if this virus is as bad as it is, we're doing everything wrong. We still are. Yes, still doing everything wrong. And yet we're going to, you know. Six hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, you know, that'll fix it. So and then and this covid-19 warning on our page, this page shares information about covid-19. No, we don't. We complain about COVID-19, <laughs> right? Yeah. Complain to it, Dad. That's what the whole thing. Nobody who's possibly listened to the show could possibly go, hey, these guys are putting out bum information or fake news about COVID-19. Yeah. Because we're not. Nobody listens to us for their COVID-19 update. I'm sorry. <laughs> they listen to it for our COVID-19 update. What's going on with me oh, yeah. about it? What we're for watching our- <laughs> during COVID-19, because we used to do that. We used to talk about binge watching. And yeah. by the way, I saw the new season of Upload is getting ready to start. Oh, really? Uh, I'm not sure where I saw that. So I get that's another one of the things I'm griping about right now, because I guess HBO has taken over the entire streaming world now. Oh, yeah, because their release of uh, was it Wonder Woman 84? I, I don't know anything about that, but I know all the shows that used to be on TBS. If you want to keep watching them, you have to buy HBO. Yeah, that's HBO Max. And. You want to get all these things, you got to go to HBO Max now. So it's like, well, well NBC did the same thing. They got rid of their sports packages and right. make you invest in their Peacock. Right. Which know, I'm not doing. Subscription. 
which I did briefly for a month. And I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't want this whole thing. I wanted to just uh, just see the Premier League. Well, it's, it's, it's getting as bad as Hulu now. I mean, Hulu is like it used to be Hulu used to be, what, $50 a month. And now it's oh, now it's live? 75 yeah. a month. I mean, I got rid of DirecTV because they were too expensive. And literally, I watched, I think, three channels. Yeah. I went to streaming thinking, okay, well, $50 for 50 or 60 channels is fine, even though I'm only going to watch three. But other people in my house will watch this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But now, I guess because of COVID, you know, I worked that in there so we can get warned again. I'm actually yeah. griping about Hulu, but I said the words it, COVID, so. Yeah. <laughs> warning, warning, danger. Anyway, now that's getting so expensive. It's, I, I don't. Well, I don't, so, you know, I don't do the live TV stuff. I mean, we, we tried Hulu Live briefly, but. Um, I don't care for their interface all that much, but at yeah, the same time, we already have the HD antenna, so we get right. free over-the-air TV, and, I, and I've got a, a DVR that records over-the-air stuff, so anything that's on that local broadcast network, right. we can record. So I don't need, well, you know, Hulu's for the stuff that we don't right. record. And I, 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 I'm right there with you, um, but I just, there's just something comforting to me about not having to move my antenna behind my window. And there's some channels you can't get, and some don't come in right. And well, well, see, I got an omnidirectional antenna, and I put it in my attic. Yeah, in so, your attic, uh, in my attic, and it's got a, it's got a, was it an eighty mile range now? So, yeah, it's an eighty mile range. Uh, so I don't have to move it. Well, unfortunately, I'm not climbing into my attic, so <laughs> that's a surefire <laughs> way for me to be killed. And then, well, and then they'll list the climbing my up isn't so bad. It's the down part. Yeah, it's right? the landing part. And of course, then they'll list my death, death as COVID related because <laughs> yes, they would because, you know, <laughs> there's more money in it. Well, I might have been exposed to COVID at some point. So he was climbing on his, his, his attic and and fell to his death. But he had COVID antibodies. So, ta-da. yep. Again, that's not actual information about COVID. That's just me complaining about COVID. Yeah. Warning, warning, warning. Like, I don't know, man. I'm just it's getting expensive. We've arrived, Dave. We've arrived. Facebook that's has right. us on their, on their radar. Facebook has warned us, which means we probably should go ahead and move on to the other, migrate onto other social media. Yep. Because that's what apparently everybody's doing now. Everybody, Everybody's upset with Facebook because... As it turns out, they are, um, I don't know, dictatorial? Authoritarian. Authoritarian? I thought Donald Trump was an authoritarian. No, I don't think he's an authoritarian. He just, he's a troll. And then, uh, he's just, he likes saying stuff just to rile, rile you up. So all these people are moving to other, other things. And we're, I was reading an article last night because, couldn't sleep for reasons that I'm not going to go into, but I was reading an article about the fact that Facebook is accused of being dictatorial and authoritarian and, and, and crushing free speech, but in doing so is, is actually enhancing its own competition because all these people are mad at it, so they're yep. all moving to these other formats. Or at least trying them out. I don't, and again, I don't know that that's completely true. I'll say this point blank. The new Facebook 
update, the December 2020 update, is just trash. I mean, yep. I, 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 it's probably infected with COVID. If you if you click on the yeah. new version, it's definitely infected with COVID. Warning, warning. Um, which is why I prefer MeWe. MeWe actually looks and works the way it's supposed to. Yeah. I tried to move. So this is a dirty little secret about Dave. Everybody has your friends list, right? How many friends you got? 500. Yep. I got like 500 friends or something. I think I've met 30 of them. <laughs> okay. So I divide my friends list into various groupings. So I have family. I have close friends. I have just friends or just acquaintances or whatever. And on my Facebook feed, my personal Facebook feed, feed I limit who can see each post by that list. Yeah. So if you're a close friend, you get to see more than you do if you're just a friend. If you're a friend, you get to see more than if you're an acquaintance. And you never get to see my family stuff because that's for my family. I do the same thing. Right. Have you tried to change that list lately? Try to edit anything on that list? I tried to add someone to a close friend last night. Yeah. It's buried. (laughs) It's horrible. Why would you do that? And what? Trying to delete a post. Or change something. It's 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 just horrifying. Um, which again, the other 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 platforms, MeWe to me for my money, MeWe is the best. I know that a lot yeah. of conservatives have gone to Parler because they're convinced that Parler's where Donald Trump is going to end up. He hasn't gone there yet, as far as I know. Nope. But, as far as I know, he hasn't. But but Parler is the one that everybody went to, and Parler is just kludge. I mean, it is horrifyingly bad. Yeah, it's it's not the greatest. I I changed phones recently, and um, basically how they've got it all set up on their on their app, I can't get it to work on my new phone at all. I can't get it to log in. It says unauthorized device. Right. And and I've uninstalled it. I've reinstalled it. It won't let me in at all. I don't. Wow. So well, I happen to know a guy that works as uh, they're some sort of public relations guy. I guess I don't know him personally. He's a Facebook friend. I've never met him. Talked to him a couple of times. And as far as I know, he doesn't have COVID. But uh, he uh, he's big on he's big on Parler. But every time I log into Parler, I'll have 585 posts. Oh, yeah. But they're all him just reposting somebody else. They're not. There's nothing actually happening. I. The, the the concept here is that everybody's leaving because of Facebook's crushing of free speech. But I'm not convinced that that's the case. I just I don't know. The, I think there's just a, I don't know how to describe it, Rod. I refused to read The Lord of the Rings when I was in high school because everybody was doing it. Okay. I didn't read The Lord of the Rings until I was in my 40s, I think. Still don't know why I did. But... I have this aversion to doing things that are popular just because they're popular. <laughs> and I'm and I'm wondering how much of that is is people going, well, I'm I'm not Facebook because now I'm virtue signaling that I'm not uh, Facebook isn't good enough for me. I'm you know yeah. I'm just I'm not doing that. So that you can pat yourself on the back saying, see, I'm not doing Facebook. Yeah, I, I noticed that I had a lot of friends around the time of the election. It's like right after the election that uh, friends on Facebook that started posting there on MeWe. Um, I saw more people move to MeWe than I saw in a parlor, at least right. posts on my friends list. Because MeWe actually works and parlor yeah. does not. I mean, that's, I, I, I'm not trying to be critical of you if you love parlor and 
you think Parler's going to be the new conservative outlet. Um, but it doesn't, it, it just sucks. It's, it's not functional. It's not friendly. It's not user-friendly. That's for damn sure. Yeah. It, it might be less user-friendly than the new version of Facebook is. Might be. Yeah. It would be hard to be a yes loser and, and look worse. Oh my God. I, 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 I almost exclusively now use the mobile version of Facebook because I just, I am so confused. It's like, it's like, look, Dave, shiny stuff. It's, it's, yeah. oh my God. It's designed for people with adult onset ADD. That's all it is. So I just use the browser on the mobile device. I don't even use the app. Yeah. So it's it keeps the format the way the old way the the mobile format is the same as the old interface right, right. and and for the, for a while there Firefox had a thing you could you, you could plug in that it was called revert site and it would take it back to the old yeah the old setup but apparently Facebook you know ever battling the COVID nineteen infestation. Yeah, saw that as an offense, and so they updated their code so that that doesn't work. And the yeah. ongoing battle between them. So I don't know. I I feel like I've migrated to MeWe. Every one of my almost everyone I wouldn't say everyone, but almost every one of my posts on Facebook is from MeWe. I've just yeah. copied it over because I just I just don't feel like giving Facebook that much. I don't know power, glory. Yeah, I, I just don't. I. If I didn't have the relatives on Facebook that I like to that's, stay in touch with, yeah. that that's for me, you know, some of the old high school friends is cool too. So, I mean, it's, if you, if I have high school friends listening, yeah, I, I do. If I have any high school friends listening, I'm I'm thinking two words for you because <laughs> I hated high school, man. <laughs> this will shock you, but I wasn't exactly popular in high school. Yeah, well. I, I was I was well known just because I was into acting and stuff like that, and it, you know it, it didn't help that my dad was the junior high school principal. So going from junior high to high school, everyone knew who I was. Oh Lord, yeah. <laughs> and we had just moved into town too. So I went to junior high with my dad as my as the junior high principal. I was a I was a drama and music nerd. It was bad. Ugh. I was a band nerd. Yeah. So I, I, I we would have hung out if we were <laughs> probably my parents, of course, were nomadic. So yeah. I do two years at Pueblo South High School in Pueblo, Colorado. I'm just getting settled in. I've got my schedule for my junior year, you know, and my parents get moved to Ogden, Utah. Ugh. Now, the Ogden school system, instead of a four year system, has a three year system. So they will not accept any of my freshman credits. Uh so now I'm a junior in high school repeating what is essentially freshman English. Not because I didn't pass it, but because you don't have these credits. So needless to say, it was not a it was not a happy time in my life. No. Anyway, plus it was Utah, so let's face it. It's uh Yeah. You if you don't happen to belong to the dominant uh culture there, it can be a little it can be a little culture shocky. I think well, at I least have, you didn't have to worry about the missionaries going door to door there, right? <laughs> no, not door to door, more like locker to locker. Oh. <laughs> they show up here. Always on Friday nights. That's kind of always. 
Yeah, I always uh, always have to explain to them that, uh, you know, you're interrupting Shabbat here. You're being religiously <laughs> offensive. Oh, we didn't know. Well, maybe you should take a religious comparative religious course or something. Yeah. It's not like you wouldn't walk up to my house and go, oh, a Jew lives here. I mean, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> oh. Anyway. As your wife calls you. Yeah. Yeah. That Jew guy. I married a Jew guy. He does Jew stuff. My wife actually told her friends that. My husband does Jew stuff. I should be offended by this, but it's it's really funny actually <laughs> that that your wife does that. It's... No, man, I feel like I should post on Facebook about cultural insensitivity and yeah. how I'm how I'm butt hurt over this. And... Well, I mean, and that goes to you know, it's the whole culture of being offended, right? right. It's, it's an actual culture, I believe, because people are wanting to be offended because they're looking for it. In 1876, Rod, mm -hmm. see, I, I said I wasn't going to do any historical rabbit hole <laughs> You're doing week, multiple but I'm now. Doing, uh, in 1876, the guy that finished basically last in his class at West Point, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh -huh. George Armstrong Custer, remember him? Mm -hmm. Got his butt kicked at a place called the Greasy Grass, you know it as the Little Bighorn. Yeah. Right? That was in 1876, so that's, what, 150 years ago, basically? Yeah. My math's not that sharp, but I know 1970 was 50 years ago, so just a little under 150 years ago. He got killed. He got beat. Mm -hmm. He got bitch-slapped into the next century, okay? <laughs> but, little known, you, you probably don't know this unless you're just a geek like I am, a music geek. Um, the Seventh Cavalry, for its entire existence, has had a marching song that they they played every time they went into battle, including July twenty or June twenty fifth, eighteen seventy six, when they got beat badly. Yeah, but a few before that as well. The song is called Gary Owen, and it is mm -hmm. an Irish drinking tune. It's all about Irishmen drinking. Okay. There's some, I don't know, there's some subreddits in that, I'm sure. But but as you, you know, head down the thing here, the, the song is it's pretty lively and it's a flute tune. Yeah. And I don't know the words because I don't care. Right? But it yeah. is a song that the United States Army marching bands have played for the better part of 200 years. Because we love this song. It's, it's a great little tune. Drinking song. Much like the Star Spangled Banner tune is a drinking song. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll be happy to know that 150 years after the Battle of Little Bighorn, where Custer got killed because he did, he wasn't. If he'd just been better off, if he'd just been better at, at West Point in his class instead of finishing yeah, last, higher he GPA, he would have been. He would have been all right. Be happy to know that 150 years after the fact, the descendants. Of the members of the Seventh Cavalry who lost that day have agreed that they will quote no longer play or sing Gary Owen because it's <laughs> offensive, unquote. Yeah. Great. And in this, Rod, in this in this little jaunt into history, I learned that the the Jews, you know, because doing Jew stuff, um, 
are supposed to be offended by the tune Austria. Okay. You know the tune Austria? I've probably heard oh, it. I'm horrible Deutschland, Uber, alles, da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. Okay. That's actually the German national anthem or was the German national anthem or specifically the German national anthem under the Nazi regime. Um, <laughs> but the tune is actually called Austria, which again is kind of funny in a historical rabbit hole kind of way because Adolf Hitler was actually Austrian, not German, but you know, be that as it may. <laughs> So I grew up in a religion, a faith, a church that as one of its oldest and most loved hymns is sung to that song, that tune. <laughs> Supposed to be offended, I guess. Well, you know, plagiarism is the, the first step in the creative process. Yes, it often is. But of course, this is going to cause me to move to a different social media platform because I'm offended by the tune Gary Owen. Yeah. Now, here's the weird thing about all this, Rod, is that my favorite, my most spiritual place on the planet Earth is at the Little Bighorn, the Indian Memorial, the, the Native American Memorial there at the, at the Battle of Bolivia. If you haven't been, you need to go. Yeah. It's a place that I go every chance I get, which isn't as often as it used to be, somewhere up here on my desk. I can't find it right now. I actually have a pebble that I took from that kiva, from the floor of that kiva that I keep with me. Okay. I can't find it right now. It's here up somewhere. It's, I know it's there because I see it every time. Uh, anyway, point being, except when I need it, um, it, is, it is a place that I feel the most spiritually connected in the entire world. I mean, it just is. Hmm. The, the Native Americans at the Battle of the Greasy Grass, the Little Bighorn, were absolutely right. They were... They were being harassed by the United States Army and specifically the 7th Cavalry, and they kicked their butts. <laughs> and what I've never understood is one of, the, one of the Native American traditions is called counting coup. is where you take something from your enemy yeah. that you have defeated. Like during World War II, there was a Native American sniper who would shoot Germans and then go and steal parts of their, go take part of their, their belongings to count coup upon them. Okay. And you have to touch the enemy and you have to, and I understand why the Native Americans just don't claim Gary Owen as theirs. And count Seriously. coup. I would yeah. love to hear Gary Owen sung that way. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. But instead we're being offended by it, by a song that literally nobody in the last 150 years even knows about no. and the vast majority of americans don't even really know what happened at greasy grass they, they have no clue no. and many of them are not likely to go because they don't want to spend the 25 dollars to get into the park it's, yeah that could be don't understand that either but 25 dollars really yeah does that include parking no i mean parking is <laughs> free it's a national park but okay. so you have to have a national park thing to get in there now, I, when I started going there, it was not a national park. It was just a national historic site, and they didn't charge to get in. And it had no, there were no limits. There were no fences or anything. Yeah. I literally spent two days crawling that battlefield, basically from, from Weir Point all the way to, to Standoff, stand, Last Stand Hill. I mean, the ravines, I've been down to the river, all that stuff. Take my son to go back there a couple of years ago and don't get off the path. 
path only goes like 100 yards down to the ravine. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, really. So anyway. Well, that's what you get for uh, nationalizing that, right? Right. Preserving history. That's what we're doing. Really? Because we well, can't actually get to cause it. Because people might steal pebbles from the battleground. Yeah. <laughs> might, I guess. And that's, that's what makes you say WTF, right? I mean, oh, we're yeah. going to nationalize this whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Hey, speaking of WTF, yeah, a few episodes back we had we touched on that that one uh was it Kazakhstani bodybuilder, I guess. Right, that right. Just, that that propositioned his his He was gonna I marry guess, his sex doll. His sex doll, yeah. She was a little yeah. stiff. Well, but. I, I yeah, I I guess he actually did. He went through with the, the marriage and uh but uh, there's there's been an update. His his bride, uh Margot, I guess is her name. Sadly, she broke the day before Christmas, and so she had to be sent to repair. So, yeah, that's uh, she's in. He's he's quoted as she's broken. Now she is being repaired. She's in another city. When she recovers, it will be a gift to both of us. Yeah, there are so many questions swirling in my head right now that I probably shouldn't <laughs> ask, but it's the final episode of Do Not Resuscitate, so I'm going to ask is. him anyway. Did I right. describe how she broke? It didn't describe how she broke. No. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, what married guy but, hasn't thought to himself at some point, she's broke, I need to send her for repairs. <laughs> did she talk well, back to him? Or? It, should, it doesn't say here. Yeah, maybe they got into a fight. I, I don't know. Oh, God. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. About, man, that's a video I'd love to see. This guy arguing with his sex doll. Yeah. Wife. Sorry, sorry, his sex doll wife. Yeah. I have a complaint, yeah. Rod. I have a well, complaint. Uh, all right. So normally for this little WTF segment, I go and try to find some bizarre story about some, sure. you know, like somebody marrying their sex doll or something. But I, I, I can't do that today because I'm, I, I don't understand something. Okay. It's the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Why are people still sending Christmas cards? I don't know. I don't we know actually, either. We actually sent some this year for the first time in a long time just because COVID, we had. Sure. Well, yeah, because of COVID. But it, it was people that I, uh, you know, coworkers. We, we, my wife, we have a laser cutter and we, we cut a little wooden ornament that said 2020 and it had a bunch of stuff that happened this year around the side. So we sent them sent them that thing but uh other than that we typically don't send christmas cards so you actually sent them a gift rather than i just sent a them card. a gift in the christmas card yeah right so it was it was actually less a card than it was a yeah. here's a reminder of the worst year ever yep what, really what's funny good. what's what's really hilarious i think this is the first year we have we've been in this house 10 years and and we we up to this year had received a christmas card for the previous owner from the same person Every year, and I returned the card and said they moved, no forwarding. And right. every year we'd get a Christmas card for them. This year I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. Maybe the COVID got them. Maybe. That could be. Warning, warning, warning. They're talking about COVID. Maybe they freaked out on a Facebook warning. Right. So anyway, number one, I guess it's a tradition. Maybe it's one of those things where people got to go, you know, Christmas is of old and... And and by the way, 
It wasn't that long ago that Christmas was not this happy holiday thing that we celebrate now. It used to be a raucous drinking party. Yeah. But that's another historical rabbit hole I really don't have time to go down right now, <laughs> although I wish I could. It used to just be really a, a drinking it's a holiday, to celebrate. And, then it, and then it turned into this kitty thing, and everybody's got to be happy, and then, and then the other people get mad because you're forgetting the reason for the season. And well, and then there's the people that want to say, you know, you, you know, other people celebrate other holidays. Don't say Merry Christmas. Right. Right. They do Jew stuff. Yeah. <laughs> which brings me, which brings me to my point of all this, which is OK. If you really want to send Christmas cards. Have at it. I that yeah. doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when I've gone downstairs I've made a wonderful turkey sandwich with cranberry butter provided to me by one of my wife's friends because I love cranberries, Rod. That's something I can't eat a lot of them because they do a number on my lower intestinal system, but I do love cranberries. Yeah. So she made us this cranberry butter and I put it on this delicious turkey sandwich with cream cheese, potato chips. Bring it up. Bring it up here with the mail. Oh, look, a Christmas card. I then opened because I guess it's rude to just chuck it in the trash can because yeah. I mean, you do realize that's where they're going to end up, right? I mean, you, you don't really yeah, think I'm going to hang on to this forever. Nobody you're, saves them. You're not my grandmother. Um, and I open up the Christmas card and now I cannot eat my sandwich. Why the hell are you putting glitter in a Christmas card? <laughs> For the love of God. Stop. Is that what that post is about? It ruined For your the, sandwich? Oh, my God. It, it ruined my sandwich. It got in my drink. It got all over my desk, my board. I, uh, there's no warning on it. There's nothing that says on the front of it. Warning. Glitter contained, do not open at your dinner table. Yeah. My mother used to send glitter-laden ones. I hate you. I mean, I don't really hate you, hate you, but I, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, going to, you know, take revenge for, for all this stuff. But I just want you to know you ruined my turkey sandwich. Well, you my can mail them a glitter bomb next year. Could, but I'd rather do a dit dot bomb. More a fun. dit dot bomb. Oh, you don't know what a dit dot bomb is? No. So dit dot bombs are when you take, because nobody does this anymore either. Talk about dating myself. Remember three hole punches? Yeah. So you, you put, if you empty out the bottom of three hole punch after about, I don't know, three or four days of punching these things, because you're on a submarine yeah. and you got to punch a bunch of stuff that you can put it in a notebook that nobody's ever going to read. <laughs> so, yeah. So you tech manuals and crap that nobody looks at. Anyway, you take all those dit dots out of the bottom of that, you put them in a box that has a, rubber band with a paper clip wound up inside of it that's held by the box being shot. And as soon as you open the box, the paper clip goes, bzzz, throws the dit dots everywhere. Huh. And then you get to clean it all up. Isn't that funny? Isn't that hysterical? <laughs> yeah, it's about as funny that's... as opening your glitter bomb over my turkey sandwich. You. <laughs> if I didn't like you, I would... Uh... And it wasn't Rod that sent it to me. I want to be no, clear no. about that. But I, I don't oh, send God. glitter, glitter WTF, cards. Man, who the hell sends glitter in a card anymore? <laughs> <sighs>
don't. Well, there's that there's that guy on YouTube that does the the glitter bombs. He has the recording and GPS tracker, you know, for the package, right. the package stealers. Right, but he's he's messing with people who are being criminal. Yeah. I'm not being yeah. criminal. I didn't do anything to you. I've been nothing but nice to you. And <sighs> I don't know. Maybe they didn't like our uh, our COVID warning. Possible, I suppose. Speaking of Christmas, though, that's my WTF for the week. Is who the hell sends glitter bombs? Stop! Just don't do that. <laughs> Way back when, when this whole thing started because of COVID, remember that? Yep. We the started, fifteen days to slow the spread. Right. We started this show back January. We were talking about COVID, and it kind of evolved. And by the by, the time we got to the fifteen days to stop the spread, what was that March? Late March. Yeah, we uh, we were talking about what we watch, what we were binge watching, because this was funny back then. Oh, I'm going to watch some. I've got time now to watch this show. Yeah, we are literally 10 months later and my butt hurts. I'm sitting so much in this chair. Hey, where yeah. the COVID-19 became COVID-25 for me. Right. Yeah. Well, I've actually managed to maintain my weight, but not. Not because of anything I'm doing, just because I think I've reached an equilibrium between turkey sandwiches in and turkey sandwiches out. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of the but way it is. Increase your cranberry uptake right, and, and right. that'll deal. <laughs> way back then, one of the things that Rod was unwillingly watching, yeah, forced to watch when his wife was, was Hallmark One of many movies. things. <laughs> Hallmark movies. But I wanted to get his take on the latest Hallmark movie. Latest Hallmark movie, USS Christmas. Bringing the holiday cringe to all of us. Now, stay with me here, because Rod's review of this movie going <clears throat> to knock your socks off. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is set out of the naval station Norfolk. Story centers on a military brat turned corruption journalist named... Maddie Contino, played okay. by the inimitable Jen Lilly. She loves writing, but she hates her job at the Norfolk Register, which doesn't really exist, because the only stories she really wants to write about are ones involving Christmas. All the time. Year-round. Yeah. Well, she that's only kind of wants to write career Christmas limiting. Stories. Right. She's handed an assignment involving a big bank scandal, but she recoils and forlornly accepts. Doesn't have long to walk. She's on her way, or to sulk, sorry, I misread that. She's on her way to the Navy Christmas Ball to meet her sister, Amelia, played by Stephanie Butler, who happens to be a Navy fighter pilot. (laughs) There, we are introduced to a nameless, blonde, tall drink of water with gold wings clad in full dress waiting at the bar think uh because everyone likes a man in uniform right right think uh kevin costner or tom or tom cruise of course tom is not very tall no not not at all maddie that's the the newspaper gal managed to spill an entire glass of red wine on his date's white dress he's not there alone but he has a date wearing a white dress she manages quote unquote to spill red wine on her red dress on her white dress sure Causing her to run off 
because everyone wears white at Christmas. And leave her with this tall drink of water with gold wings on his chest. Sorry. Yeah. There's stuff happening on the TV that I have to watch here for just a second. So, okay. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we record during so, football. So. Uh, it's an awkward encounter <laughs> that our heroine extracts herself from indelicately after the pilot seemingly insults her for being single. Oh. So she spills wine on his date's dress. He makes some comment about, are you here alone? She indelicately, indelicately extracts herself after the insult. Drinkless and embarrassed, she finds her sister Amelia, who is chatting. Drinkless and embarrassed. <laughs> well, she spilled it, Rod. Yeah, I know. She finds her sister Amelia, who is chatting with Captain Chet Jenkins, by Brett Rice. He served with their father, a fellow pilot we learn who has passed away. Daddy's deceased, probably okay. from COVID. Probably. Chet suggests that Maddie join Amelia and their mother for a Christmas tiger cruise to New York aboard the USS Polaris. Again, not a real ship. Amelia insists, prodding a reluctant Maddie to come along for the ride. We're going to ride an aircraft carrier from Norfolk to New York. All the tiger crews, they actually do these things. Do they really? Yeah. Not as much anymore, probably because of COVID. Um, yeah. But then again, possibly because of security. You never know which... Which, which people are going to be, you know, security risks. Sure. Swear to God. When I was in the Navy, basically, if you got down to the pier and you wanted to go on a ship, they'd go, sure, come on. <laughs> Nowadays, man, you should see it down there. It's insane. They got tanks with machine guns and Marines. And then they have this, like, medieval Fort Port Callus thing. Steel, yeah. six inches thick. <laughs> Good Lord, man. What are you people doing down here? They got, they got these things along the outside of the ship to stop yeah. RPGs. Is that all post 9-11? I guess. Anyway. When she arrives at the hangar with her mother, Amelia and Chet greet them. Then who should show up? Come on, Rod. You know who's going to show up. The, the, tall, the tall glass drink of water. water. Right. Mysterious fly boy from the ball. His name, as it turns out, is Billy Jenkins. Billy Jenkins. Played by Trevor Donian. And yes, he is Chet's son. <laughs> and he positively hates Christmas. Oh, there you go. So much does he hate Christmas that his call sign as a Navy aviator is... Come on, take a guess. Bah humbug? Grinch. Oh. <laughs> Ebenezer would have been better, but Grinch is Ebenezer, good. oh yeah. Because in this universe, Christmas is year-round. To be fair, though, he does spend most of his time in a green flight suit. As they board the ship, they stop off at the flight deck and learn that Amelia's call sign is... Uh-oh. Daddy's girl. Daddy's girl. <laughs> Ow. While it's meant to be a nod to her following her father's footsteps, creepy, actually. <laughs> this has to be the most cringeworthy nickname since Grinch in the history of Oedipal complexes. <laughs> Fast forward to dinner on the cruise. Two families are joined by the woman whose dress Maddie destroyed. Remember her? Yeah. So now we've got... The woman wearing white at Christmas. Right. So now we've got Daddy's friend. Daddy's dead. 
right? Yep. Mommy, the two sisters, Maddie and Amelia. Amelia's a fighter pilot, daddy's girl. The yeah. tall drink of blonde who's Chet's son and the woman whose dress was destroyed actually turns out to be not Billy's girlfriend. In fact, she was just his escort that night. She's just a family friend. Okay. So despite being extraordinarily brooding, he is in fact single. And we all know it's every girl's dream to bring home an angry, an angsty aviator. Except Hence why he was actually asking if she was single. Right. If she was <laughs> Except for Maddie, she has a rule about never dating military people. But hey, rules are made to be broken. Well, yeah. <clears throat> There's a reference to his parents being divorced, which leads Billy to continue on his crusade against holiday cheer, noting, quote, ships are for combat, not for Christmas. <laughs> which, frankly, I think I should print on a T-shirt. <clears throat> ships are for that's combat actually, not for christmas that's actually funny <laughs> some point later he also says i'm just here to fly my jet and serve this country real life gi joe yeah just here to fly my jet well dummy it's not your jet no in the in the infamous words of lyndon b johnson son they're all my jets <laughs> the next day, Chet has Billy walk Maddie around the ship. Apparently has a history museum full of artifacts and documents because that's where we keep them. <laughs> At she, sea. she, of course, stumbles on an old journal written by a pilot named Sam on a 1965 Vietnam Tiger cruise. This wasn't just a Tiger cruise. This was a Tiger cruise to a combat zone. Oh, OK. Everyone's dream. Talked within its pages is a sketch of a USO dancer named Dorothy, who Sam fell in love with. Maybe that's how they worked on the draft, right? Hey, come on, we're going to take this Tiger cruise. Just get on the ship. No, it'll be fun. Foreshadowing, <laughs> Billy supplements her discovery when he finds an ornament that says Dorothy, 1965, on its back. The end of this yet? Inspired, Maddie decides that she needs to find the couple and write their story for the Norfolk Register's Christmas edition, which is every week. So they seek the aid of a senior chief who handles all things Christmas for USS Polaris. Because this is 2020. All things Christmas. Which means that, let's say he's 30 years old. He was born in 1990, which is still 35 years after the Tiger cruise to Vietnam in a combat yeah. zone. <clears throat> yeah. What's that MOS? Holiday Information Specialist. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that the first time I read it. Um, this man, whose last name is... Come on. Frost. Frost. <laughs> reveals that Dorothy was a dancer in New York where they're docking tomorrow. <gasps> Using we what little information it. Frost has given them, the pair spend the day hunting for Dorothy in New York. They don't learn much about the mystery. They're hunting for a woman in a city of 7 million people. <laughs> Based on <laughs> an ornament. <laughs> right. But Maddie teaches Billy to love Christmas by feeding yeah. him roasted chestnuts Haven't, and taking him to a train museum. Uh, uh, apparently they hadn't heard of the internet. Uh, <laughs> right. That's how they she got him to post. love Christmas. She fed him roast chestnuts and took him to a train museum. <laughs> Which, you ready for the, tw for the surprise twist? Okay, here we go. The last place his parents took him for Christmas before getting divorced when he was six. Oh, your heartstrings. Takes all about five minutes for him to lose his Grinchy facade and embrace everything Christmas. 
grateful for someone having broken or thawed his icy heart back on the ship. Billy kisses Maddie. She rejects him, though, because she believes what's happening on the ship isn't going to work well in the real world. (laughs) Go follow me here on the ship. He basically assaults her. <clears throat> well, and she shows far more common sense right. than anyone in the uh was it the the Navy. Uh, the Navy. Well, no, no. More common sense than anyone in, in the shows for like the 90 day fiance or anything right. like that. Conflicted, she sets her feelings aside because she still has no idea what happened to Sam and Dorothy. She still I can't get with you because Sam and Dorothy 1965. Right? Yeah. The mad stress to the situation her boss is called. He needs her story for the front page of the Christmas edition. Damn it, there's a deadline. Magically, she locates Sam and Dorothy, who not only live in Norfolk, which is not New York. All, all you write about is Christmas, and you can't even make your Christmas deadline. Which is in the other city we just left. Uh, but she actually, But these two actually own a place called Picasso's Diner, where she and her dad ate crispy bacon all the time. Oh. <gasps> Maddie goes to visit them, offers them the ornament. It turns out that Picasso's was Sam's call sign. Picasso was Sam's call sign because he was a naval aviator, too. Ah. Something we should have clearly realized because of the sketch, but he did a Dorothy in a journey, but he's not making any money with his art, so he couldn't make any money with art, so he opened a diner. Query, why didn't you go fly airplanes for United? With the call sign of Picasso, I mean, he abstractly missed his targets, or <laughs> I don't. The eager journalist then asked Dorothy how she made peace with giving up her career as a dancer in New York for Sam. Well, you know, old age is a bitch. Easiest decision I ever made, she says, making Maddie uneasy with her decision to reject the Grinch's love. Then Sam chimes in about how USS Polaris is named after the North Star. Right? (laughs) Duh. Which helps sailors to find their way. How Dorothy is his home. It's a metaphor, he says, for how it also led Maddie to Billy, in case that wasn't a blinking red light on the nose big enough to be called Rudolph. Oh my gosh. Her story runs... Tears bring, brings tears to all the characters' eyes. Maddie then asks her boss to cover the military because of all the amazing stories there are to tell about the U.S. Navy. <laughs> he agrees to this. Then there's nothing left but for Maddie to throw out her rule about abandoning date, dating military men and invite Billy to Picasso's dinner on Christmas morning. She gives him a toy train and they dance on the patio and share a final kiss. Now his new sign is... Santa. Oh my gosh. Can you change your call sign? No. Not generally. See, in no, submarines, we don't have call signs because. No. How do I say this politely? <clears throat> They're stupid. <laughs> They're stupid. Anyway. <laughs> it's an um, ego thing. Right? right. Yeah. So I'd have to think about it. What would my call sign be anyway? Grumpy. <laughs> Curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Crabby. <laughs> I love that word, curmudgeon. So do I. Anyway, so after this, uh, after this movie and uh, this Hallmark Christmas special of USS Polaris and the Navy, and I, uh, <clears throat> I knew that I knew that my compatriot over there watches Hallmark movies because his wife makes him, and I thought I would ask him 
for his review of of the USS Christmas Hallmark movie. A classic, if there ever was one. By the way, I also read a story, I swear to God, Intellectual Takeout has a story fact-checking. I'm not making this up. Fact-checking the Grinch story about his heart enlarging three times. Oh, my God. And how this gosh. would kill, kill a normal human being. You know, enlarged heart. Yeah. So, so there's that to kind of put a, you know, damper on the yeah. whole thing. But anyway, I thought I would ask Rod for his unbiased and complete review of USS Christmas, the Hallmark movie. Well, so now, now that we've lost all but three of our listeners, and um, I'm thinking I need to call my therapist and, and make an appointment. Uh, basically, it's it's the same. It's, it's like the same scenario. There's always angst. There's something going on. There's some, angsty know. aviators. Well, yeah, you know, it's just it, it's just a different location and scenario, but the it's like the same pattern of things types that happen. You know, a woman or man is not happy with where they're at in life, and you know somehow they cross paths, but they don't cross paths well. They have they there's some kind of you know grit between the two of them, and something happens, and they're forced to work together or forced to do something together, and then they oh. True love buds, but it's not quite done yet because something doesn't go right. Right, you don't have the you don't have the newspaper story of Billy and Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. And then at the very end, and it all comes down into this nice little bow that's, that's called a Hallmark movie. But isn't that everybody's love story? I mean, I went to my wife's wedding. She was marrying well, some other guy, and then and then, so that was like that first spark where where she rejected me because. I was in the Navy, and she had a rule about dating military guys. I, I 21 guess. years later. I, I don't know. That wouldn't make a good one, you don't think? I mean, I could be, well, I could be that grinchy guy that, 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 you know. Yeah. I could sell this, right? How much do you figure that would get for a Hallmark screen treatment? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. <sighs> More than I'm making from this, I guarantee you that. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. The Listener City of the Week. I figured that this year's final Listener City of the Week, and yep. in honor of the USS Christmas, should come from that area. So I picked a city that, oddly enough, as I said last week, <clears throat> our California listenership is no longer a majority. It's it's a yes. I mean it is a majority. It's not a plurality anymore, which is kind of kind of good. Yep. Congratulations to all you people in the other fifty states that have discovered us and are. Coming along, and shame on you people in California who are letting us down. Yep. <clears throat> Maybe COVID got them. I don't know. It could be. Could be. So anyway, the uh, this this state, Virginia, represents four percent of our overall listenership, and of that, twelve percent comes from this particular city, which is a city near Norfolk, which is where the USS Christmas was stationed. Okay. And near Picasso's fake diner. Because it doesn't really exist. No. But uh, it is a city in which I was stationed for many, many years. It's a city which I am well familiar with and have at least two fond memories of, if not a lot more that I don't really care for. <laughs> um, it's a city that's a, it's a summertime city, but it is Virginia Beach, Virginia, which I have to tell you, 
<clears throat> keeping in mind that I'm a West Coast guy. Yeah. So I grew up going to Malibu. Yeah. Huntington Beach, Long Beach. Grew, grew up here in Washington going to the ocean shores and, you know, that sort of, when I think beach, that's what I think. Miles and miles of wide white sand. I, I've even been to Hawaii. I've been to Waikiki. Yeah. So when I got to Virginia Beach, I was all excited because I was told, well, it's, it's a, a beach. beach. Surfing championships. Don't you know they hold the surfing championships here, Rod? <laughs> so anxiously, we went down to the, to the boardwalk to the front. And I was lucky. I was there in the summertime. Before I was stationed there for five years. But, but the first time I went there, I was there in the summertime. This is great, man. I mean, when you're 18 years old, can you think of a better place to spend your first summer as a, as a free man, no longer under your parents? The beach, yeah. And the beach town with a school that's uh, compressing, you know, about 12 hours of your day every day. And you need to blow yeah. off some steam every now and then. Anyway, so I go, we get down there and the guy that was from there was all excited about, welcome to... Virginia Beach Boardwalk. And I looked around and said, so where's the beach? Right there. <laughs> like this four-yard wide strip of dirt. Ugh. The, the waves that they surf on are easily two feet. I mean, ah, I watched the surfing so championships and I went, are you kidding me? This isn't surfing. This is... <laughs> Anyway, Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is near Norfolk, which is where the USS Christmas was stationed. And yeah. I thought for the final for the final listener city of the week, it is a place that I did spend many years. And quite frankly, I, I do have some good memories of, of being stationed there. But but uh, as a general rule of thumb, if you're actually wanting to go to the beach, uh, try Florida. Yeah, <laughs> better beach. I mean, just saying. But they do have good seafood there. They're right on the Chesapeake Bay. So. <clears throat> Well, there you, you go. Have some of the best seafood in the world. Well, okay. it's been an intriguing year. It's been a fun year. It's been a long year. It the has been year a long from year. hell. And it's been fun. It has been. Do not resuscitate has uh, run its course, though. So, for the final time, I share with you that I am the Rabbi Colonel, I'm Dr. Rabbi Colonel Dave. And I am the Right Reverend and Friar Cook and Laird of Oakdale, Rod. <laughs> Final time. And this has been Do Not Resuscitate.